everybody behind the scenes madness as usual um we are we try to go live on instagram but it's something is something's amiss so um so if you were on instagram i apologize it's we're we're you know tech yeah tech <laughs> you know sometimes it now, works and sometimes it now the classroom is <laughs> anyway we are we are back here again i kind of wanted to show that phone that i had over there um should i get i'm just getting it i'm getting it talk to the people for a second welcome back everybody hi <laughs> i feel like uh in wayne and garth when oh, yeah, like, and, uh, uh, i forget their names which yes. who's, but i feel like i'm like stunned no when garth did that so yeah <laughs> i want to tell you that uh this is not product placement because this was probably sold 50 years ago um, i bought this phone at an antique store the other day and it's old rotary dial situation I just figured out you could buy these on Amazon. Are they authentic? Uh, I don't know, but they had it in red. And red's always the color that mm -hmm. I wanted. For those of you old enough, that was the color of the phone that like Batman had hidden in the Batcave on the old Batman show. So I've been <laughs> making phone calls from the house all week <laughs> where I talk to people. I go, oh, my phone kids. Calls. Oh, no. Yeah, they're about to go out and do this or that. And so I talk on it all the time. I had a fake phone. I had a phone that I just took this part and plugged it. I just tucked it in my pocket when I was teaching. And if kids were acting a fool in the hallway, I'd be like, oh, what are we doing? Okay, hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Murphy. Yeah. Your son is he has someone else in a headlock right now. Did you want to speak with him? And I'd be like, your mom wants to talk to you. And then kids would just do it. They just if you do dumb stuff that is ridiculous to kids, they'll do it. So it's why the eight ball bathroom. The bathroom eight ball thing works like a charm. If you've not watched that video, it is it is the video I've gotten the most hate on on YouTube. Uh, and but because people don't watch the whole thing and then they don't watch the end and then they I think they watch, but they don't even listen. Yeah. Like they're Some so mad. It's like they're just thinking about yeah. what they're mad at instead yeah. of listening to the video. So anyway, um the phone i bought it this week and i'm so stoked i also bought an old school desk that i'm gonna refinish and start using in videos and stuff too but hey anyway uh if you don't know what the heck we're talking about this sunday night teacher talk where uh me and the wife for life come on here and i i mostly talk and my wife helps me out but we're here because teaching is a communal activity we're here because teaching is hard and some of you especially down here in the new mexico area we my kids are still on break until tuesday it is the longest winter break <laughs> we have ever had it went from awesome 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 until like oh all right uh the, where they're like what are we doing today and i'm like i dad's gotta work so <laughs> i had him making stuff for me last week i'll say though that although it's been long for us as parents with the kids home i think it's i think it's a great break and a good yeah. length for you're, teachers you're. they deserve that break facts so we're here to help you enter back into the classroom on Monday. Go ahead and ask a question, any question that you want, right? And uh, I think you can ask questions anonymous. No, you can't. You can't? I mean, you have to have your screen right, name, but so, you can choose your own. Yeah, so you could name. be pile of sticks at hotmail.com or something like that. I don't know why I picked that one. But uh, the so because what we're not trying to do is out anyone, but ask if anything regarding to education, to life, to how to be a teacher, to wanting to be a teacher, to thinking about being a teacher. We're here for all of it. We want you to be the teacher that 
you were called to be. And so with that, let's go. What you got for me? Ruth is up uh, first asking, I will be teaching an online class for junior and senior high school students interested in teaching. My question is, is how do I keep them motivated to complete the work? So first of all, Ruth Akers, I don't, I probably said this before, but uh, one of my favorite students of all time was Marcus Akers. And he, gosh, he was great. Remember Marcus? He's a kid I squirted with the water pistol in that video. Uh, That was another thing that got people upset. But but Marcus, gosh, we had a special connection. Um, All right. So if I'm teaching juniors and seniors that are thinking about or wanting to be educators, what would I do to keep them interested? And it's an online class. It's so I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's, a, hmm. it's a mixture of what I do in the class regularly. It is, I would find out as much about why, what is, what makes education attractive to these young people and what kind of educator do they need, do they want to be and why some of your students undoubtedly have had teachers that made them that inspired them that they were like, man, I want to be like whoever I had before. And that makes me want to be an educator. Others of your students never had a good teacher. And that might be why, I mean, that's why I got into education. I never wanted to be a teacher. I didn't even like high school. I hated high school. I liked, I went to high school because of my friends. I, I wonder if, gosh, I wonder if I would have even showed up if I had if I had to go to school virtually, but, um, so, but, but, but that's because I never had a teacher that took the time, energy or effort to really try to get to know who I was. I was a number two kid. I flew under the radar. I was very polite. And, and so that's a whole nother story. But my point here is getting to know who these students are and why they want to do what they want to do is going to allow you to start creating lessons that speak to some of that. So you're still going to teach the same stuff, but your, your point of entry is going to be, I know to some of you, this is very important. So this is why we're talking about this today, because you need that connection point so that it's not just something they have to know. So I had a ton of class, you know, going to school, for, I went to school for education, um, which sounds very silly to say, but I was one of like, there were like 10% of the teachers that ever spoke, that ever taught with me in West Philly went to school for education. Most of them were alternate route or teach for America or something like that. So that's why I make that distinction. I had some teachers that were, here's how you're going to cover your butt. That was the whole class. Here's the standards. Here's the lesson plans. Here's the law. Here's all the things that are going to help you cover your butt. I had other teachers that were way heavier into the, what makes, what's going to, What's going to make a great lesson? What's going to make a great class? What how's this going to come alive? To me, that was the thing I focused on the most because that is what I I loved. But man, do I wish I had listened to the cover your butt thing a bit more because it just would have made the other part easier. So if someone had married the two together, I think that would have that would have been interesting to me. One of the things people rarely, if ever talked about was why do we learn the way that we learn? So that I think is something that could be delved into also that is going to really help your students as students also. And it's the why behind we, why we do anything. So, which is what, what I do in class. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place before, but 
to this, but I'm, I'm hoping you're seeing this. It's like really getting to know who you're getting to know. It's marrying the practicality and the possibility. And then it's going to be, how am I, uh, was the last thing I just said? I don't know if you're even paying attention to me. Um, so, cause I know you're doing other stuff over there. It is the, it is the why behind everything. So why do we teach like this? Why do we have pre-class? Why do we have to do a lesson plan? Why do we have to check for understanding? How, what's the best ways to check for understanding? And then I, all, all kind of all that. And then the last thing is the best times I ever taught, the most I ever learned from te- about how to teach was by teaching. Even if it was a 10 minute mini lesson that the teacher recorded us and then we had to do it. You never, you can't learn how to swim in, in a classroom. You have to get into the pool. And so even if it's little, even if you swim a lap and we've been studying in the classroom, how to swim freestyle is good. I'm swimming freestyle just so you, cause that made sense. Um, it's, you have to get into the pool. So letting kids teach mini lessons on a number of things and then getting feedback from their peers, getting feedback from you. And then the next time they come back, addressing some of those issues. That's how I would roll. And that's how I would do it. Best of luck to you. Sounds like fun. All right. Our next question comes from Professor Zest. uh, Asking first, let me say it's nice seeing uh, you both work together in front of a camera. Thanks. Uh, I agree. A fellow YouTube nerd here. What is the story of how your class met Gary V and how did it affect your channel? So uh, for those of you that do not know, we had, um, we went up multiple times. We went up twice and then we were supposed to go up a third time at the pandemic hit um, The to meet Gary Vaynerchuk, who is like, if you just Google him or look him up on YouTube, uh, you know, might not want to do it with your kids. He curses a lot. But I had been, when our, channel was still new. I was trying to connect with Gary, not for my channel, but so that I, cause I had kids that I wasn't sure what to do. And Gary does a show called the ask Gary V show. And you, which it's kind of like this, right? You just call up and get advice on business. So I, me and my wife started every, you never knew what it was going to be. Like ask Gary V would just happen. We, started calling in or texting in every single time that it happened. So if I was driving down the highway, I'd pull over on the side of the road. If I was in the shower, I'd get out of the shower and make a phone call. Um, if Because you had to text your question in yeah. and with your phone number, uh, like you had to do a comment or something like yeah. that. And then, I, so I would do that part, like, and then he would be calling the studio or something of that nature. Yeah. We kind of tag teamed it. So one day I'm making lunch for my kids and I get a phone call and it's them. So I get on this call and we have a whole video about this. So you can check the whole thing out. But the short of it is Gary invited us up to, to New York for the day. So I take about eight kids, nine kids that I'm not sure what's going to happen with them. And I take them on this trip. It was one of those trips where like people just looked at me like, what are you, you're taking, you're taking them. And so we go up there and had an incredible effect on their lives. This whole video, like I said, on our YouTube channel about it and on Gary's website too. So, you know, I think we thought it would have a bigger impact on the YouTube channel, but it didn't. Um, For anyone that is thinking of getting into this work or doing YouTube or social media, I've had a handful of friends that have seen like a bump 
some of them a sizable bump um, from working with someone. So like, I remember when my buddy uh, Chivy, who's on Instagram, did a program with Hope and Wade King. He saw a sizable jump in his content, but I'll tell you what, or, or in, his, in his Instagram feed, he only kept that because he was good. And so going, but, and he also aligned himself with educators that had an education platform. We went into, we were education platform into an entrepreneurial space and that doesn't transfer over. We got it. We, I mean, we saw a, a shift, but I, I think if you want to grow in any social media platform, it's showing up and doing the work consistently over time. And it's the slow grow. I just, people that I know that have gotten the fast grow, it's because something like, I mean, like sometimes they're horrific things like, like five foot one teachers channel really grew after there was a, a shooting at her school. Right. Which is like not a, something someone wants or other people, it was luck. Um, and they'll even tell you, like, I showed up on the trending page on YouTube one day. It was complete luck. And I, and my channel kind of rose from there. So yeah, it's those sorts of things. Yeah. That was a great trip though. Life-changing, absolutely yes. life-changing for my students. Uh, I don't think there's any one specific thing. We've had multiple shout outs from people who are larger than us to yep. famous people to all kinds of things. There's, there's like, and some of that can work, but I think it's luck and magic and right time, right place. But most of it, growth for YouTube just comes from yeah. consistency and a hard work. No, I mean, I, my buddy Kevin was on the Kelly Clarkson show. We have friends that have been on the Ellen show. Um, we have friends that are friends with Kelly Clarkson and tons of famous it's people like i don't know it's not, not everyone has like the oprah joe rogan effect where you just say someone's name and then it happens yeah i think it's the putting in the work and creating the space so that when the people show up they find it yep okay john fox is up next asking it might be switching into a position where i do one-on-one -on -one or small group reading intervention for at-risk students a device or things to think about to best prepare for this transition and new role so that's a great question, John. I would suggest one, um, trying stuff. I think I have a buddy, uh, that I used to co-teach with and he does one-on-one -on -one education now for kids with like, um, moderate to severe social emotional needs and like kids that some of his students will like stay under a desk all day or they keep their hood up and it's so tight that they, it's like you can only see this much of their face um, because they're dealing with other things. And he, when he and I talk about this, he's like, you have to really get to know the kid and what, what's going to help them and redefining what success means sometimes. So what does success mean for that student? The other thing I would heavily dive into, John, is... Um, practices like what are best practices how to how are you going to meet those needs so what is your skill level with dyslexia does your school have um you know orton gillingham do you have uh training in different things so as things pop up like making sure that you are putting yourself 
in circles where reading specialists are there, where we are growing and you're growing and learning as an individual to be able to be able to show up as the best possible person for your students. So what I would do is, you know, if there's anyone in here that, because I know if you're a reading specialist, you are utterly passionate about being a reading specialist. Um, <clears throat> my One of my friends, Jill Pulford, I don't know if Jill's on here, um, but you can certainly find her in the Facebook group, does this work as well. She teaches small group reading. Uh, I would reach out, like if someone on here is doing that work, if you could hit up John Fox or John, if you go into the Facebook group, I would put that in there. I think it's going to be connecting with people too that are already doing the work is going to help you avoid a lot of the pitfalls because you'll get to something when you're doing that work in school and then have a trusted group to be able to go to. And like I said, I mean, teachers are, are a special breed anyway, but there's certain chunks that I feel like are, man, like special education teachers just are have always, by and large, to me, been like, they're super passionate. Folks that are reading specials, super passionate. So yeah, I would connect with some of those folks. You have something to say to that too? Because you're so, this is a area of super. Well, I mean, I it's hard for me because I'm not a reading specialist. I don't know anything about that, but I know I have a dyslexic kid and I had to fight really hard to get him any sort of services that I never actually got in public school. I had to teach him how to read on my own through an Orton Gillingham program. Um, so I think it's being really cautious there. I think there's a, probably a million different things, but are they rooted in an Orton Gillingham? It, it, Cause I, I'll tell you what, you know what I got told a lot when I looked for help for my kid was just read more with him. He'll pick it up. And those are some of the, that's the worst advice. Like my kid before we had our second, like he never watched TV. We read constantly when he was a week old, we started reading with him and read constantly multiple times. Like we read enough to him that like that wasn't the issue. So those sort of things, that sort of thinking of the read more or we just need to like keep doing it, it will click. Those are farces. And I think that that's really bad information. And I think that there is someone suggested in here, um, and I don't know anything about it, but a science of reading, like, I think it's more about yeah. that. Like, the, there's so much neurology behind like dyslexia and like how the brain really needs to be trained. So it's not just like reading more will do it or the yep. little click eventually, like those things are farces. So like, don't get stuck in that trap. Um, Let me say this too, John, because, uh, and for anyone that might be kind of thinking about this, don't let the work scare you either. There's a lot to learn, but you can be the one that shows up for kids. And you can be the one that's going to start down that path and learning and growing and becoming. And even if you go back to like a regular ed classroom, that you're bringing all that knowledge back with you. So be the, go for the slow grow. Go for the like get tunnel vision on some of that stuff. And and because um, Marley, yeah. like our daughter wasn't dyslexic, but she had like the same similar red flags and she just needed more um, more like in depth, I think they used like a Lexi, like a Lexia program or something like with that yeah. with her. And it just gave her more of that um, phonetic, uh, phonemic awareness and like a little bit of a diver, but it's all based in like a dyslexic. It was those red flags. She just needed a little bit more support and then she took off. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Good for you, man. I hope it's awesome. Best of luck.
Okay, Stephanie is up next asking, I'm in a slump and struggling to get my September energy back. The kids, oh, this is two-parter. Um, the kids are taking full advantage of this and getting more, and I'm getting more down as they push and give me a hard time. How can I break the cycle and kick back into high gear? So how do we get back into high gear? I, I have an answer for this. I'm trying to pare it down. Um, sometimes I'm quiet when I don't have, when I'm not sure what to say. And sometimes there's too much to say. So for me, I recently heard someone and I, I'm, I don't, I may have said this in a video that went out or I'm not sure if it did go out, but this idea of thinking of the, How do I want to put this? All right, we're just going to jump into it. And um, what sticks, sticks. And and what what's what's coming through me is coming through me. So here we go. I have begun to think of, of the work that even that I'm doing now. I've often thought of the work when I was in the classroom as kind of going to battle every day. And battle wears you down. It makes you tired. It, it makes you worn out mentally, physically, spiritually. And so how am I going to come back from that? The only way that I can combat that is if I'm ready for battle. And so when um, I heard the other day, so like I'm real big on having confidence. I think that kids feel that confidence, but I forget who said this the other day. Confidence is the display of ability. So how are you, how do you look confident? Cause you, it's, it's not false confidence, not fake it till you make it because you can't display that ability. But if you just, dis, if you put on display your ability, you can do it with confidence because you've practiced. So what does that mean for us? I think it is armoring yourself, getting yourself ready every day to do the work. So that is why I think, whoa, that's a lot of pictures. That just oh, I just did something. Um, it's fine. <laughs> Right there. Got you. So um, I was like, wait, what, just like a whole Brady Bunch thing just happened. Like, the 80, <laughs> like an 80s intro to a show. For me, that is morning routines are so important, not just because getting up early is fun because it's not. I'm armoring myself. For me, that is the prayer. It's the meditation. It's the time reading my Bible, it's praying over things, it's exercising, it's getting myself ready and feeling confident about the way that I look because I didn't wake up five minutes before I got up like I'm Zach Morris and I'm throwing something on. I'm feeling ready. I'm eating the right thing in the morning. I'm listening to the right thing on the way to school. When I'm at school, I then feel, I have to go in feeling like I just put on armor so I can go to battle. That is the reason that I do any number of things while I'm in the school building. It's the reason that I do things that I do at night. And so it's thinking about what for you, Steph, is the armor that you're going to put on. And it's going to be different for everyone, right? But it might be like what I need is for things that give me that energy, give me that confidence, give me like remind me of who I am. Because what I want to do and look, I'm not if you're not a person of faith, you can, you can probably figure out a version of this that works for you. But what I want to do 
is I, when I put, when I feel that, that something on me, right? Going into the classroom, I can walk into that classroom like God sent me into that classroom. And that's much different than, and I'm not, I am not saying at all, like, like I didn't even have multiple days this week where I just felt like, oh, the only thing that changes me is by changing that physicality. How do I change that physicality and my, and my mental state is by doing things I know I have to do. So like the other day I was lamenting that there were things I had, like that I wanted to do that I couldn't stuff. I don't have supplies for stuff that I don't have time for or effort or the manpower, or all that stuff. What I had to shift was, well, what do I have? What can I do? So looking, so this could might, this goes back to what you're dealing with too. So not reworking your whole life. What could I shift in my life this week? That's going to make me start turning into the person that I need to be to do the work that I meant to do. And so that might be getting a mentor, starting therapy, taking a walk, going to the gym, laughing with your friends, going to the movies every Tuesday night because it's $5 discount night. And I always enjoy going to movies. And I, I love the, like, it helps me. It's an escape for a moment. It's doing those sorts of things that are going to really help you to show up. Um, but doing it with intentionality. So that's, that's kind of how I enter into that. I think tracking your habits too, is a good move too. Um, cause that, I think even tracking your days, stuff is a good idea because tracking your days, I rate all of my days and it reminds me that sometimes it reminds me of how bad things aren't. And it also reminds me, it helps me to see when I'm tracking my habits. So if I track habits and then I can, I see my numbers every day that I'm rating myself going up. It's like, oh, when I do all these things, I feel better. So then it gamifies like, well, I want to make sure I do all the things because then I feel better. And that, that helps me too. I think also take into account that it's, it's a hard season, like winter, if you, if you, where you are in the world is winter, yeah. like winter's hard to go through. I Back think East, Tracy Preacher, winter was real. It's a bit easier here, but the reason it's easier here is not just because the temperature is a little bit like nicer doesn't get as severely cold. like you hit like 45 degrees so it's not 12 degrees instead. right but because of that i think you need to take that into consideration it's like do you need to get a sunlight to like are you getting enough like sun i or noticed take a being, vitamin d supplement that right. helps so tracy too. pinter said that she's like sometimes i need a sun lamp or i my vitamin d so it's like making sure that your health is like in check so you can be at your best and including all the other things but yeah. don't underestimate like winters is, is is a tough one it and is sun i'll is say here it's sunny most days here so even when it's cold um there's just it, it changes you because the sky is so there's so much more sky here too and it's so blue that it's like well and the elevation so you're closer uh, to the sun so yeah. like when you are when it is a sunny day and we go outside like i can really feel the warmth from the sun yeah it's it's actually been really nice. Um, okay. Snowman can is you know asking. What? You win. 
Uh, uh, That's the best name of the day. I currently teach 10th and 11th graders ELA, but I recently took a role as an after-school test prep tutor for fifth graders. What challenges should I anticipate with the younger kids? I I think it's going to be a different energy. I, you know, I I would love to see someone that is in that space or that has made that transition what they're working with. Um, I think it's to, in my work of working with younger kids. So I used to do, uh, I used to run a program where I would teach high school students how to teach reading. And then we partnered and those kids would go and tutor fifth and sixth graders and read with them and, and help them to get better with their reading. And it was a whole thing. So I think part of, gosh, I forgot all about that. That was wonderful. Um, I think part of that is for us was making chunks smaller. So knowing that no kid in fifth grade is going to sit there and listen to 30 minutes of, of something it's gamifying a lot of stuff. It's being ready for the energy is going to be different, right? So we're talking about a lot louder, more positive energy, potentially a lot more feelings that come to the surface out of nowhere, but knowing that I'm not just chilling with some kids and talking to them. Like if I'm teaching 11th grade, I'm like, yo, let me break it down for you like this. And this is why it's important for you, for your life and how we're going to connect it to things that are actually really important. Fifth grade so far away from in, especially in their minds from being an adult and having this actually be important that it's like, bro, you're talking about a million years from now. Like I've only been alive for 12 and and so I think it's also, um, so I, th- I think it's some of that. I, I, this is one of those moments also where I would find folks that are already doing the exact work you're doing and then looking for best practices. So, so I mean, no different than what you're trying to do here, right? You're asking this question, but it's aligning yourself with the people that are already doing that work, not recreating the wheel, putting your your own spin on it so that it's, it's authentically, you know, the snowman can way. Um, but that's, that's kind of where I would go with that. I think remember to have, have grace for them because that is where hormones are happening and like drama is happening. And it's their first, like fifth grade is fifth grade is about 12, right? It's 11, 10 turning 11. So you yes. might be, just missing that so but you're gonna have no both. way 10 and 11 was horrific like 10 and 11 not for like remembering but as on a parent side like 10 and 11 was really difficult like they're starting into hormones they're getting confused they're like agitated they just seemed agitated there's a lot of attitude that comes with 10 and 11 um so i think there's a lot of grace and trying to discern mm-hmm. like the attitude is it like, is it for real? Is it the stuff that's happening inside of them? Like, I will respectfully disagree on this oh, one on why? in this way because I think it's also <laughs> kids. That I mean, are, I'm not a teacher. I just go through no, 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 like my parenting. But just, but, and I'm thinking back to being ten and eleven. It's a long time ago. I, I know, but I remember, remember. I remember that grade <laughs> very I, well. Yeah, I remember hating it. <laughs> I remember it being a real mix of trying to feel grown, but still being a kid. So I think you're going to have a mix of kids in there too, that are like 
maybe some kids have to grow up faster, but there's other kids in there that are that are still pure kid. So it's finding that balance. Well, I think that's just, they're still just growing and everybody grows at a different rate. So yeah. I think it's, that's why what I meant when I said like, it's their first time kind of like being treated more like adults, like they have higher responsibilities, expectations, and everybody manages that along with yeah. hormones because that's a real thing. Like everybody manages that so differently. Yeah. So it's like trying to figure that all out and having grace um, that they're going through all of that. But I think it's also very clear and boundaries because they can take school, advantage of you. If it's after school, it's, I think, making it as fun as possible because you're dealing with kids after school. Yes. And depending on what kind of school you're coming from, like I've, I remember when I taught in Camden, New Jersey, school didn't end till four. Then they had mandatory test prep day. after school. Remember this? It went till five or six at yeah, night. So the kids had two 45 minute classes at night. Um, no and way. I had to like talk about armoring yourself. It was coming in ready that I couldn't have the day beat me down. Cause I had to show up for two more hours and like go hard and be explosive and fun and energetic. And man, gosh, I just want to say that John Lopez agrees with me. So we're just going to call it. I win facts. I, you know, <laughs> if look, if Pope Lopez says it, it's <laughs> over. Okay, he's up next with our next question. Uh, and we kind of answered this one already, but we could talk about it again, I guess. Uh, how are you enjoying um, uh, winter now that we're in New Mexico? So, I mean. I love it. I love, I love that it. there's more sunshine. Like that, I noticed, is really affecting me. And I've never used a sun lamp. And I probably should have. The cold's different here, John. And I think it's the lack of moisture. Um, that Broad and I will go for a walk or a run on a cold-ish day. And even if it's in the 30s. If you stay in the sun, you're good. Like, it's just, it's different. It's definitely windier here, um, but it's the blue skies. And there's so many windows in the house. Like, our kitchen just has, like, this stretch of windows. And it, the sun coming in it just makes you feel good. I'm having a Chris Carson your comment. It's dry cold because <laughs> you know people always say that it's people, a dry heat. <laughs> look, I don't know anything about the dry heat yet because we've been here in in the heat. But I, I think I don't know. It just it doesn't feel the cold doesn't feel the same way. I just don't think it Carson, gets as cold. It like doesn't whip through you like in man in Philly, not, Jersey. It was so cold. It and would cut through your jacket does. like you didn't even have a coat on, and it was miserable. And here, if you stay in the sun, it's just it's, harder to deal with. Like, yeah. it just feels lighter and nicer. I mean, here. I had our kids out on a two-mile hike through the desert the other day before we, the dog told us we had to leave. And... Yes, after the snow melted and the earth did not absorb the wetness. The, so it was like caked on mud for everything and mud on people's clothes, which mom loves. And the dog who got it all over the car. Oh, my gosh. Next question. <laughs> happy about that one all right mr bolin is up next asking how do you recover from a setback i feel like i'm falling behind constantly i'm bold i hear you we feel you uh for me it kind of depends on what the setback is uh so life school relationally um, it's, I think for me, 
I don't know. I say that a lot, but whatever. Um, well, everybody's different. You can only speak from you. I think that's can. I can speak for you sometimes too. Uh, I can't. But <laughs> I think it's addressing things as quickly as possible. Whenever I let something go, um, it just it's it just live it just lives in your brain, right? It like lives there. Like people say, like rent free. I had a very difficult conversation last night with someone that I didn't want to have. I had been dreading it, thought about not even having it, thought about lying about it and just moving on with my life. I had it and I immediately felt that lift from my shoulders. I just felt it felt so good. Like, man, that is that was a big thing I had to have a conversation about that just felt so much lighter. Now, sometimes I have those conversations. Uh, I have to have another one coming up um, that I don't want to have. And I don't suspect that that's going to make me feel all light and free like last night's did. But at least it's done, right? Sometimes you pull off the Band-Aid quick. And this is, let's see if you can go with this metaphor. And it stops hurting immediately and then other times i feel like you pull off the band-aid and it's like oh that wasn't maybe ready to come off and shoot that hurt it's it's that kind of a thing so to me it's i gotta i gotta get out of my head so i would suggest this talking to someone you trust figuring out a game plan for how to deal with what you have to deal with and then doing it even if it's hard because what you're doing here is choosing your heart. Is what you're is the move you have to make um something that you just gotta get just get it done and then get yourself ready. Like I I've literally sometimes I have to like I'm running and I don't feel like it. The other morning I was feeling down and it was inexplicable. Even when I sit here, I'm sitting here doing gratefulness practice. I'm like, I literally don't have any, I don't have anything to feel this way for. It's just happening. I'm not going to go into all the why of that, but it's like, I just thought, no, I have work to get done. I'm just getting started. And I made me get up. I made, I like, it's sometimes it's like, I'm going to get a shower. I'm going to put on something that I like that I look like. I'm going to actually, I'm going to fix my hair. I'm going to. Um, eat a good breakfast. I'm going to go out and love my kids. It was like, no, I'm just going to get, I need to just get rolling. Right. Cause it's the sitting here sometimes and thinking about it. And Tony Robbins has this whole thing where he talks about, if you think about someone that is sad, that is depressed, that is dejected, you know, you, you pick your label and you think, how do they hold themselves? What's the look on their face? How does their voice sound when they talk about it? And it's like this, it's like this slumped over kind of slowness. If you think about someone that's excited about the day, that's living, that's living on purpose, that is excited about life. They it's their shoulders are back, their their voice sounds different. Uh, they move with a different cadence. And sometimes it's putting that on, and that's how I'm choosing to move, even though I don't want to, because my brain doesn't know the difference. And so I start feeling better. And I, I and I'm gonna tell you what I hate this answer because I don't ever want to do it. It is so difficult that I'd much rather play video games, sit on the couch, and, and drink an extra cup of coffee and, and not put on pants uh, and just sit in pajama pants all day. But I know 
that doing the things, it makes me feel better. And if it doesn't make me feel happy, it makes me feel less crappy. Uh, so that is, that would be my suggestion. Um, but it's doing it. I have a horrible tendency of listening to a hundred podcasts when I'm feeling down. Cause I feel like that's going to inspire me. Just never does. I just gotta like, I just gotta go do the thing. Mm -hmm. The, the one thing that does in talking to someone is talking to someone else, whether it's a therapist, it's a spiritual director, it's a good friend. It's someone that you can share your life with that friend that you have that you can share your honest truth with. It's going and doing that. Um, but it's, it's, it's getting moving. It's getting going. For me, I'm going to say it's remembering that, and this is not something that people like to talk about or, or it's the popular answer, but it's like, man, God, God has so much grace for me that like, I need to remember to have grace for myself because I am the hardest. We all are the hardest critic to ourselves. And so for me, it's remembering that and then actually letting it go through that and then just getting up and doing it. You're you just really good at the letting go of, of, the, of things. Well, you, it takes work. It looks easy. No, 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 <laughs> no. But I'm just saying like, but you've done that consistently over time. Um, and that's something I admire. I do not do that well. No, that's why the moving <laughs> forward is like, like, it's like that voice is in my ear and you can soothe it. I have to go, I have to kind of punch it in the face and get moving because yeah. otherwise it's not as fast as I am. But it only I, comes for me with like, like God remembering that God does that for me constantly and that I have to do that for myself. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is. I love the thing that you said last week about like that activity that the person had really bad negative oh, self-talk yeah, and it's like whatever your situation or you, you feel like you're feeling like you're just constantly falling behind. It's like, man, you're just not perfect and none of us are perfect. And it's like, so make sure you're like being kind to your self-talk in your head. And yeah. part of that's with that letting go. I'll tell you what, and I, I know we have a tendency to go on on some questions, but uh, someone's shaking their head yes right now. Um, real quick. I was talking to Darius one time and Darius talked about he has a vision of what his ideal week looks like. And he said, but your ideal week will never be ideal. It is always, it's never, you're never going to hit all the markers. Mm. There's just not, not enough time. Yeah. So what he does at the end of the week, he does it on Thursdays. He rates his seven core values. So if it's God himself, his wife, his kids, his friends, whatever it is, it's did how do one to 10, how do I feel about my relationship with God? And, and, and the attention I put to that this week, right? My attention, I put into myself, my attention, I put into my wife. And he said, and I'll notice like, Oh, friends, that number is a little lower next week. What can I do to bring that number up? Oh, my time with my kids is a little lower this week. What can I do next week to bring that back up? So you're constantly, it's like you're spinning plates and you can't spin all the plates at the same time, but which ones are starting to teeter that you got to move over there and give that one a little bit of love. So yeah. you're, that's how you're constantly trying to keep some semblance of balance, but knowing that all plates will not be spinning at the same speed all the time. Yes. That changed it for me. And just remembering that and having grace and keep moving. Yeah. Like, and that don't is focus a, on. He's a happy you... dude too. Like, and extremely successful. So it's like, if I'm looking at you going saying that, I'm like, all right, bro. Then I know my stuff's never going to be ideal. Um, 
and and that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rebecca on Facebook is asking, I teach sub-separate middle school. What suggestions do you have to help manage five paras? Lots of physical, emotional, academic needs. Oh, gosh. Uh, So. And they got 11 inches of snow today, they said. Oh, amen. Um, We got like three quarters of an inch of snow and <laughs> you, you should have seen all four of us outside you would have thought we got a foot of snow and it was a winter wonderland we were like what? Carly made a dirty snowman <laughs> she made a dirty snowman but she made it it was awesome um in the alleyway <laughs> so it was like oh all right kid you're from the city um i think the the best thing i've ever the one of the better choices I've ever made with having a para or a co-teacher is giving them a piece of the work. Like, like sometimes asking, sometimes making them have skin in the game, right? Part of this is your job. So I can't be teaching the whole thing, but I have to have clear expectations of when we're doing this, when I'm teaching this, you're doing this. So you're not just milling about and feeling it out. Like, where do I want to go? Uh, that was my feeling it out flow right there. It's what are you doing when this is happening? Or um, here's what I'm thinking about doing today. I was thinking about having, like, it would, might be a good idea if you were doing this and then making them part of the conversation, right? And I realized that's a lot to do with five different paras. But as you start finding that rhythm and you start finding that connection, you're going to start filling in the gaps with one another anyway. So my last co-teacher that had Miss C there, I, she was like, and I've said this in other videos, I think I really should make a video with her. I constantly think about it to talk about what it looks like to be successful, have successful co-teaching. Cause I think we nailed it. Um, I would start class. She's doing this. She's I'm I'm running down what the do now is, and she's taking attendance and checking in with kids and making sure people are in their seats and stuff. Then we flip. So I run through the pre-class and we flip, and now she's doing vocab, and I'm checking for understanding and making sure kids are on where they're supposed to be and everyone's like getting down with what we're doing. Then we flip, then I'm serving up the meat of the today's lesson. And here's what's going down. And she's helping kids. She's collecting things from the last activity and all and inputting grades and things like that. So it was like, it was like, neither of us were the DJ. We were both different records. So I'm spinning and jamming and we're going on. And then, you know, you flip it and then she's going and, and happening while this record's being prepped. And so it, the, so the music never stopped. It was just one of us were doing like, we're serving the beat at a different time. And when you, so some people that you're going to work with are going to be really into that. And they're going to love that you gave them some power in the class that you gave them a position that you gave them the head, like, like they're teaching, they're rolling, they're running this, they're doing this. Other people are going to be less accepting of that um those are folks you got to push because i've had people that i i'm going to keep it real with you and i'm not i'm hoping that you don't have this situation but like i've had some people that that just flat out sucked they were horrible and i had to push them 
And I just made it uncomfortable. Like, like you, you're, and I'm talking about folks that like were sleeping in the back of class, bro. You ain't sleeping in the back of my class. It's just not going to happen. And we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to have a real conversation about this. Um, people that would just go to lunch. Like I had folks, I had someone that we used to go to lunch and then come back and bring their lunch to class and then sit in the back of my classroom and eat in front of teenagers. But what? So it was, and then other folks that were a little bit more scatterbrained, they were really about the work, but they were, had a hard time focusing in and like they were always doing something new and it was helping them to find some clarity. Here's your goal. Here's what you're teaching. Here's what you're doing. Here's what we're sticking to. So it's just building those relationships um, and finding out and giving them things to do, helping the folks that want to do it, find like helping them have some say into what they want to do, but it's giving them it's giving them a job, a position, uh, something like that. That's been the number one thing that's helped me. All right. Uh, Megan is up next asking, I'm going back uh, from a semester long maternity leave tomorrow. I haven't met any of my kids yet. I'm planning on treating it like the first day of school, but any other suggestions? Yes. First day of school. Great idea. Uh, I'm so thrilled that you're here. I am so happy to be back. I had this really wonderful time. Here's who I am. Here's my, let me talk about my baby. Let me talk about my family. Let me talk about who I am and how I run class and how this normally goes. But overall, you need to know that I am so thrilled and I'm so thankful for these teachers. I want you to know that I'm going to make this second half of the school year, the most exciting that I can, the most dynamic that I can. And I want to get to know all of you and who you are and how you learn and all this stuff. It's going to be we're going to make this the best it could possibly be, right? I never say it's the best you've ever had or anything like that. Maybe sometimes I do, but uh, it's letting kids know, it's letting kids know that how thrilled you are to be here. Like that to me is the part that is always the best. And then in short order, getting to know your students as quickly as possible so that you are because you got lost time. So, you know, and I have all kinds of trainings on this and, and videos and stuff like that, but it's like being visible. It's actively getting to know students. It's sending home emails. It's finding out from parents who your students are. It's finding out from your students who your students are. It's, um, I tend to stay away from teachers' opinions of who students are because those can vary unless it's someone that gets down like I get down. But you asked the wrong curmudgeon and you're going to get like, uh, oh, that, oh, that's the fifth period. It's your worst class. And then I go in the fifth period. I'm like, oh, this is actually like I get down. I love the kids that are like the biggest challenge because I can. I don't know. I just do more with them. Like I I'm willing to try more stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think leading with excitement, leading with love uh, and then getting to know those kids as much as possible and realizing you only have, you don't have this much time. You only have this much time. So how can we make this as dynamic and as fun as possible? And remembering that doing that doesn't mean doing more. I have a video coming out this, I think this Thursday on how to not do more, how to do it different. And it basically is about, I think, Thinking of a lesson and looking up fun ideas often leads to finding folks that are doing like the room transformation and everyone's in costume and I'm going to come to school dressed as George Washington. And although I think those things are super fun and, and great, 
they can be, they can make you feel overwhelmed. So I'm going to share with you a few ways that I just kind of sprinkle magic on certain lessons and just take this to this because sometimes that's all you need. And, and, and I don't want you to have to do all this all the time. It's like sometimes just doing and a little bit of, a little bit of spice just changes everything up. And not everybody's in the season to be able to do that, right? Like yeah. we all live life. We all have life going on. And so the man, some, sometimes you're in a season where you can do all yeah. those things. And other times yeah. you're in a season where like you're a brand you're, new mom. Yeah. Or your <laughs> winter it's in winter and it's kicking your butt. It's like, man, can't all do, but all I'll do tell that. you but what, a little shift can really make a big difference. Megan, we all know that school sucks for a lot of kids. So the good thing is oftentimes the bar sets so <laughs> damn so low that you do something a little bit better. And the kids are like, what? This is the greatest thing ever. Um, Our daughter is a huge testament no, to that. I'm going to show you one. I'm going to show you an example. Go oh. ahead. Talk with, about Mark. Are you? Are you? Uh... I'm going to show my mask. You need a little oh, okay. You're leaving me solo. Come on, Garth. You freeze. I know. <laughs> So I'm going to give you an example. I Can you put this camera on? Because so, I think people will see it better. Sure. When we read Lord of the Flies, we take a day tops to make these. But as in the Lord of the Flies, as, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Not Ralph. The other kid whose name I'm blanking on for some reason. Um, their sort of like little tribe that they're making starts descending in the madness and they start like looking like have blood on their face, mud on their face. I have kids. We take cardboard, regular old cardboard from the copy paper. And I go to the dollar store and I buy a bunch of plants and stuff like that. Right. Flowers, stickers, markers. Uh, and the kids wear these masks while they're reading Lord of the Flies. Right. So that tribe is wearing the masks while they're reading it. And they freaking love this. Right. It costs me a couple bucks at the dollar store. I always get to school to foot the bill. Um, and we make these little masks. And then when they're done, we hang them up on the wall or the kids can take them home. And it's a cool, like, it, it's fun, right? But it's not, I didn't make my room look like a jungle because that takes too long. But just this little thing. Um, so this was, my my own kids made this. One of them made this one and one of them made this one. And But you can do it with feathers and make them look really colorful and fun. It's just these little tiny changes that make the biggest shift. So, yeah, that's kind of how we roll. I don't yeah. know what to do with these now. I just put them on the floor. I was saying our daughter is a huge testament to that. Yes. Like anytime she has a teacher that just does something oh my gosh. tiny, a small different shift other than like reading out of a book, doing a worksheet, like all the regular stuff. She is like ecstatic. Yeah. The bar is so low in school. <laughs> to, Look, to and not do all something schools. amazing. I don't mean yes. to discount people. Some people are doing great work. Some people are just at But great. some of y'all, you know, you're in a school where it's like, man, it's tough. And you do something a little bit cool, and the kids are like, what? Yeah. It's, yeah. All right. Any more? We're, we're out of questions. All right, cool. That's good because we're out of hour anyway. So listen, if, I just, I just want you to have the best week. And for those of you that are feeling that it's coming back from break, it's winter. It's really, really thinking about how are you going to armor yourself this week? You've got it. You've been given this job to do for a reason. This isn't an accident, right? You didn't know what like accidentally became a teacher. 
Show up and be who your kids need you to be. Be who you dreamed of being. If you need help, we do offer mentoring. You could grab the book. You could get in the Facebook group. You could, you know, I don't know, that kind of stuff. Or connect with someone that's in here. There's great people in here that, you know, the two of you, it's really hard for one stick to become fire. You rub two sticks together. This is a weird metaphor. It, it becomes fire. So that's what I'm talking about. I hope that everyone has the greatest week ever. If you need anything from us, just hit us up. Um, anything else? Yeah. Um, if this video helped, like hit the like button for us. It helps uh, just speak to the algorithm and let it know that it was useful and other people should see it. Amen. Cool. That's it. We'll see you next week, gang. Peace. Peace.